0: Welcome to the O.A. Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Domingo. I'm Domingo Compulsive Overeater, and um, it's good to be here. Let me just take a moment to uh, take everything in. It's good to be here in a room of OA, in a meeting of OA, and with fellow OA's. And um, this is the room where I found hope. You know, I um, I came into this program, Welcome to the Newcomer, and um, I remember coming into this program pretty hopeless. Um, I w- pretty hopeless? <laughs> That's not saying much. I was I was desperately hopeless, and um, I had been for quite a long time. But um, so let me get started: what it was like, what happened, and what it is like today. Um, just to get the numbers out of the way, my abstinence date is April twenty-nine, two thousand nine. Since that day, I've been relieved of one hundred and fourteen pounds by the grace of God and the twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. I have a sponsor who has a sponsor and um I'm fortu- I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for service of any kind because service from somebody from a different program, you know, um get got me in here. So I'm really grateful for that. I love service cuz I never know what link of a chain a service is kind of fantastic to think service that people do you just never know where it's gonna wind up no matter how small or how big so I really value service in my in my recovery Um, what was it like so I'm gonna pass out some I'll tell you what it was like I'm gonna pass around some pictures and um, the first picture really describes me to a T Um, it's, it's me and my family were in Mexico we used to go there for vacation every year And my sister's up front, it's her birthday, and she's, uh, everybody's singing happy birthday, she's got a big smile, she's got the uh, knife ready to cut her birthday cake. And I'm just in the background wondering, you know, how long this happy birthday stuff's going to go on before we get to the, the eating. And so I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait, so while everybody's distracted, and appropriately paying attention to the birthday girl, I run my finger down the length of her cake, and I just, and then quietly put it in my mouth, and they caught me right at that moment, it was classic, it was classic, but it describes me to a T, because I'm looking away, I don't care what's happening, I'm disconnected from what's going on, my only focus is the food and the cake, and I I got in trouble. I didn't understand why it was such a big deal. I mean, literally the party stopped after I did that, uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes, girls crying, you know, parents it, was just, it, wasn't, a pr- it wasn't a pretty scene. Um, the other thing, I won't really describe many of the pictures except for two more, and that is you'll see me back to back, I think, in 2008 and then one last year. Uh, me with a group of my my peers, and you'll you might be able to pick me out in uh, in one of them. I'm not sure about the other, but just come. It's just it was an annual event, and it was just funny how like three years, you know, what a difference three years make. And the in the back, I have pictures of food because one of the ways I didn't honestly I was over 300 pounds, and I had been for decades, and uh, or or going up there towards for for decades, always struggled with my food up and down. And I still, I never knew why I was a compulsive overeater. I thought there was genetically something in me, or that, um, you know, they talk about thyroid, that I had a thyroid issue, or I had a slow metabolism. I wasn't sure, you know, I, until I came into the program and I got clarity around my food and I was able to understand. But one of the things I did, one of the ways I tried to manage my food is I. I started taking pictures of it because it was too much trouble to write it down and log it in, in a journal. So I just snapped it with my with my uh, with my picture phone, and um, so that was one of the ways. Because honestly, I was baffled. You know, I didn't know why I had gotten over three hundred pounds. You'll see a picture of me with a with an apple and a cup of coffee, and uh, so there I am having apple and a cup of coffee for breakfast, which is my general, usual breakfast. And uh, wondering why I'm over 300 pounds, why I didn't realize, you know, all the other food that um, I ate throughout the day. I'm not a binge eater. I just never stop. So I don't, you know, there's no, like, go for it and binge. It's just, you know, you never slow down. You never stop. When I first came into the program and I heard three meals and nothing between, I thought that was pretty, I thought it was genius, actually. I'd never really heard it before. Like, heard it, heard it. You know, breakfast was just what I ate early in the morning, you know. Lunch was what I ate around noon, and dinner was what I was eating, you know, or five or six in the evening. But it never was like a sit-down, you know, meal, like this is my dinner, or this is my only dinner. This is just what I'm eating now. Um, So I'll pass these pictures around. Um, So, you know, early on, you know, I'm... Early on, I had a problem with life, you know, just being born, well, I was not happy with, you know, I had been in the womb or in limbo somewhere, I don't know where I was, but it was comfortable there, you know, it was warm, it was, it was peaceful, I didn't have any problems, that's all I knew, and then all of a sudden, I'm born, and I look around, and this, this, the world scares me, you know, Um nothing, and then what's worse is the world scares me, I start projecting to the future early on, you know four or five years old, like, that's when I start thinking, of, you know, I'm the why kid, you know, that everybody, that all the teachers hate, you know, why, you know, what's, you know, what's after, or or what's after this, what's after that, just the questioner, you know, I always questioned everything, because I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on, I was kind of scared, and this place didn't, it didn't seem warm and inviting to me, and so, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the kid <coughs> who would be like, you know, what's past, you know, the moon, you know, they tell me, you know, the, the, the planets and what's it? and then Pluto and then there's another galaxy and, and you know I could go on like that forever I mean that's how my brain went it just, it just spun around it just spun around my brain for most of my life you know has it's been like a torture you know mechanism for me I mean sleeping issues um, nightmares um, this whole projection thing that doesn't that I can't stop and um, and then what's worse is I look for an answer you know I ask parents and teachers, and nobody knew. And that made, I mean, I'm like, you know what, this is, what kind of outfit is this? You know what I mean? This is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and I'm being, you know, all the while I'm being raised in a religious, um, you know, tradition, you know, being told that, you know, you, I got this, from what I understand, I have this God who loves me. And is all-powerful, but then why does, if he loves me, why did he put me here to, like, test me? And why, you know, and I've got to listen to these rules, and if I listen to them, I'll be, you know, with my God. And if I don't, I'm not going to be in a good place forever. And um, that doesn't sound good. And then why, like, if he knows everything, why, like, why test me? He already knows the answer. And if he made me imperfect, well, didn't he, like, set me up for failure already, you know, to begin with? so i've got so I don't like this 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 God, this higher power, my understanding, and so you could I'm just saying all this so you can kind of hopefully I can communicate what kind of environment I felt like I was in you know when i was when I was young, you know five from five six seven years old and and what brought me comfort was food, you know food was you know food was the closest thing to heaven you know when I was a kid i mean. I can't think of anything. Magic Mountain was good with food, though. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, things like that. You know, it's food, and then and then we'll go to Magic Mountain, you know? It's funny about destinations and places I used to go. Everything was food, you know? Everything was food. If I went to, you know, we went, we didn't go to San Francisco to go look at the bridge. We went for the, um, what is that stuff? It's in a, what? it? The um, clam chowder? In the bowls, you know, I mean everything, yeah. In the bread, right? I mean, why else go to San Francisco other than that, right? So, um, or we, or one of my girlfriends would. Um, she liked going to uh, Puerto Nuevo down in Mexico every year for the lobster and all you could eat. Um, lobster beans, tortillas, beer. You know, that's the. It, there was never every time I went somewhere. Unless I had to go, there was always a It was always a food destination. Um, so I wasn't the popular kid, but I desperately wanted to be, you know. And um, nowhere where I was was good enough, you know. Nowhere where I always was craving to be someplace. I don't know where this magic place was, but I was always craving to be. So I pursued the. The popular kids, I was the joker, you know, just just let me hang out with you, you know, I'll keep you entertained, you know, I'll juggle, whatever it takes, I'll make a fool of myself, I mean, that was me, you know, and um, I, always, I always looked at people from the outside, like I didn't, I never bothered to try to get to know people, I didn't know how to do that, I just observed them, and saw what they did on the outside and figured out, like, that's what I should be doing, so the popular kids, you know, they dress well, they they were good on current events, they were thin, you know? And I thought that's that's what made them popular, so that's what I wanted to do. But I couldn't. I was a chubby kid, I had a lot of baby fat. I mean, I wasn't too heavy, but I mean, I did wear the husky pants, you know, I, I was never a skinny jeans type of guy. Um, and And I was embarrassed of that, you know? I... I wanted to have a girlfriend, and that wasn't happening you know um i couldn't I couldn't get past the friend stage you know and um and you know the popular kids all had you know it was girls and guys They were all hanging out together you know it was it was you know the nineteen seventy something version of nine oh two. what's that t v show nine o two one oh or whatever you know everybody's having fun and going places and cool parents. My parents were older. You know they were my dad had me when he was forty five and i'm the I'm the second of the oldest of seven kids so um so you know I had friends that had their nothing in my life was was i had nothing going on so i you know so I created this double life you know um who do you want me to be? I'll be that person, just accept me, but you know talk about that was. That, was, that grew to be unbearable. Just every year, the pressure compounded, oh, time and time again, you know what I mean? I mean, I I did it for a long time. I remember, you know, coming home and just like, be, you know, being myself. And then having panic attacks in the morning because it was like, okay, now I got to do, you know, when as soon as it was funny, I'd wake up in a good mood, but as soon as the shower turned on, you know that said you're going to start your day like this is the real thing you know you're going to get ready and you're going to go out into the world i would have these panic attacks and i never knew why until i realized i mean i was just setting up and doing this dual life so again the com- the only comfort that i had was was in food just eating food all the time when i really gained weight was when i was around 8 or 9 just one summer i used to, i was always an active kid but one summer um Watching splitting hot dogs and then boiling them for like twenty minutes and watching them like flower, you know, and then you know, it just was amazing to me. I mean, I just spent all day, you know, coming in and just doing that, and um, it was it was awesome. And that's when I gained. That's when I came back this that summer after that summer. You know, people looked at me and said, "Whoa," you know, that was like my first. Uh oh, you know what? It, you know what's going on here. And my attempt to come on in. My attempt to try to control my weight. I'm kind of like a one-trick pony. I did try restricting. You know, I did. The best I could do with restricting is um, is two weeks solid. I didn't have lunch during high school. Like that's like the best I could restrict. Otherwise, I had these little rules. Like if I ate a Big Mac, but I did, I took off the secret sauce and the and the, and the, <laughs> the, the cheese. Like that was, it was, it was just bread and meat. It's basic. It's raw, almost raw. Um, so that was kind of like my and then, if they didn't take it off after I asked it, it's like that's God's will, you know what I mean I mean, I told them I told them no cheese, but all right um so but that was you know that was my whole deal that was my whole deal um I did you know the, but for a while, the food wasn't wasn't loud enough for me the food or the food didn't didn't calm my brain enough you know I, I like I said I had this brain that just kind of tortured me all the time so then uh, you know when I was a teenager I resorted to, to drugs and alcohol for a small for a period and and I do everything hardcore and I'm not going to talk about that but just you know it didn't take me long to just be down in the gutter you know and somebody looked at me and said dude I mean you look like a walking skeleton so um, I did a geographic and fortunately my higher power was gracious enough to kind of relieve that from me but then I discovered a holism as a disease. I mean, I, you know, I, I had, you know, conquered drugs and alcohol, you know, on my own. You know, I didn't understand about grace. I thought, you know what, I just determined that I was going to do it, and it happened. And then I realized, you know, and then I started getting into shape. I was real skinny from that event. I started getting into shape. I was in a work program, so we ran, and we was kind of military a little bit. And so we ran, and, then, and then, um, I, then I became the popular guy, you know, and then, oh, that was all I needed. You know, nothing's worse for a compulsive overeater than bad fortune other than, good, you know, good fortune, uh-huh. you know. I mean, give me a little success, and my ego it just soars, you know. My, I have a picture. I don't have it there, but it was, a, I was, it was like a dawn coming in, and, you know, just the dawn of this huge ego just came up. You know, I became the guy... Who thought, well, now I'm in shape, so now everybody who's not in shape has no character, has no value, they're lazy, they can't, you know. I started judging. I mean, I started doing the same thing I'd always done: judge myself and other people from their outsides, you know, not never, uh, never understanding. I missed the mark my whole life. Basically, if I were to die before I come in a program. That would be like a good thing to put on my tombstone, you know. Domingo, he he just missed the mark, you know. He just never got it, you know. I just never understood. Today I can lovingly say that I'm dense and slow. It takes me a while to get stuff. Um, you know that's I like I, I and I and I like a slow pace, you know. I don't know how I lived a compulsive overeating life. Just the, you know, just that, just that just that life I mean I know I know it so well some once in a while in recovery I don't know where it comes from I don't know if it's a gift from a higher power but I'll feel that for just for a split second that sense of overwhelming like the like all the world's on my shoulders like it used to be day in and day out I'll just feel it for like a split second I'll go okay that's right I remember you know let me go to a meeting let me work a step but um so so um I you know, fat, fat, fat. Then um, I couldn't get to the shape that I wanted to get, and I didn't have the motivation to do it. So I thought if somebody gets me there, I can maintain it. It's just not, I just I don't have the motivation to get there, so I joined the Marine Corps. And they did. You know, I was 22. I was 169 pounds, 29-inch waist. I was, I was in great shape. Um, I had always been an active kid. And so um, so the Marine Corps was, you know, was, was it worked for me. And uh, I remember the boot camp instru- instructor, right before they let us go, you know, kind of out into the regular Marine Corps, he said, you know, you guys are in the best shape of your life, you're Marines. You, you know, you have a uniform. That counts for a lot with the ladies. But, you know, but <laughs> let me tell you right now, you know, in a year, most of you guys are not going to maintain that. You know, take my advice. Stay on top of this, and you're gonna you're gonna you have a lot going for you was this what this drill instructor said, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be one of those that gets it you know I'm always the one other different than everybody else you know yeah everybody else you know they they make mistakes and they're not they don't i'm go- the one that's going to avoid all those mistakes and get it you know I'm that special one um today I recognize that I am very special, but I'm not any different we all we're all special equally um so, so after a few years, you know, I rushed to get my life together, you know, found a fiancé, girlfriend, it, it was weird, it was girlfriend, father-to-be, then fiancé, and then marriage in Vegas, so that's kind of like the Jerry Springer relationship life that I lived before, and it, it got worse right after that, after my divorce, but, um... But, um, you know, I was 22. I was in the best shape of my life. I uh, had a fiancé, a baby on the way, a home uh, that we were renting but with an option to buy, and really cool landlords. They were going to give us a good deal. Um, we had cars. We both had government-secure jobs. We had friends and families that loved us. And thank God for that experience because I realized with my disease that wasn't enough. There was It fell flat. And what's there's no how worse than getting what I want and it not satisfying me. You know, like having an itch that I can't scratch. There's nothing worse, because what... I mean, that's where the hopeless feeling came, is having an itch that I did everything to scratch, and yet it didn't work, you know? Um, So I'm really grateful for that experience of having everything that I thought would make me happy and, and and it not doing anything for me. So... You know, like a good compulsive overeater, I brought it all down on my head. Um, Quit my job, got divorced, um, started being estranged from my friends and family, and I thought my next, um, okay, so where my next kind of horizon for success or where I'm going to make myself happy is through um, success and fortune, you know. So I worked for this company, started becoming, getting promoted, um, I went from a driver to eventually, 12 years later, to a senior manager. You know, being groomed for, a, a, you know, a district manager position. Um, my goal was to make $100,000 a year, and I was close to that. The next level would, would make me, would get me there. Um, but you know, I was, um, and all the while, my weight is just going up and down and up and down. You know, I'm compulsively over exercising. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that was like my main way, my whole life of trying to... Ma- Everything I saw was calories. And I would do... At, the, at my very bottom, I guess, of compulsively over-exercising or exercise bulimic, I guess a lot of people say it that way, is, um, you know, I'd get up in the morning, I'd, I'd run three miles, I'd do some calisthenics, some weightlifting during lunch, five to seven miles. Um, during, after dinner, I'd, I used to skateboard, boogie board, play basketball... Um, bicycle ride, run Or all of them all in one evening You know what I mean um, The only thing crazier was this guy He was a marine He posted like I need like a workout partner We're going to do like 100 miles running Over the course of the weekend And that's like the only guy that I said yeah, he's, You know there's something wrong with that guy But you know I was just I was just below that guy You know what I mean There was only one other guy That used to do more exercise than I did but you know, I've come to realize. First of all, it's a very poor way to manage my weight. I mean, just to to try to counter the amount of calories that I used to eat. I love to eat all the time, and I love rich foods. I mean, so I can blow an hour's worth of really extreme exercising, you know, in six bites or less. You know what I mean? So how is that? How am I ever going to keep 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 up with that? You know, I just I just couldn't. So um so up and down, and then my whole the pattern was. I compulsively overexercise, I get in really good shape, and then I keep see I thought I was gonna be like this um this 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 phoenix. You know, I thought the answer was like breaking through through this other something outside of me was gonna like make me happy and I was gonna break through and I if I worked out hard enough, I would push myself hard. I would just like break through and become this different person, you know? And um, it never happened. I usually wound up just you know, injuring myself, being on the sidelines for three, four, six months, sometimes longer, compulsively overeating like I always did, and then and then zooming back up. So I did that for decades and decades. Um. All right. How much? Time? Let me do a little a quick time check. Twenty minutes. I have twenty minutes left. Okay. So I. Uh, so I'll, so where was my bottom? Okay. So after, I also got. While I was doing my little drug, drug days, um, I contracted a, a medical condition that likes to, affect, li- likes to affect the liver and is in the blood and likes to affect the liver and cause cancer. I found that out in 2003 and uh, that, that really depressed me. That and then my, uh, the death of my father years later. So, so for about five years prior to that and then after 2000, for like the last 15 years before coming into program. Um I was like in a in, in a i was going I was just depressed. nothing was working, and I was just trying to hang on my weight my weight never went down after that really significantly it just kept at that time it that 's when my I was pushing three hundred pounds and eventually went went to about three fifteen with my highest measurable weight. I remember my brother looking at me you know right before program, and he looked at me disgustingly and he said, Dude, like you know he gives he he had that look you know like like he just smelled something really bad and said are you what are you like over three hundred pounds? And I said, No. And uh I didn't say how much I was, but I went and compulsively over exercised for like three months. And then I came back to him as though as though we had never ended the conversation. I go, I'm one eighty seven. And uh I mean I am two eighty seven. And, uh, yeah, and he didn't even care or remember what it is was he, it's funny he's over three hundred pounds himself now, but um i don't I don't get the chance to ask him if he's over three hundred pounds yeah. now, but um, I love the guy, you know, my family bless bless him um they may or may not be compulsive over but they're doing like all the same stuff that I did, you know, my brother couple weeks ago him and my sister they drove 90 miles in one day uh, on their bicycles from pomona to palm springs they did a two-day trip from la to san diego they're planning another three-day trip up to another you know those are the type of like i didn't run like around a track i ran from city to city you know like that's what i did to compulsively exercise you know and uh like my dream would be to have enough money where you just drop me off you know at Canada, and I'll walk my way back.
1: You know what I mean like
0: that's what that's kind of like um so my bottom you know i'm i'm i did a, did, a, did a geographic well, before the geographic, I'm living in my car because I can't afford my apartment. I can't afford my apartment if I didn't compulsively overeat and spend all my money on food. 80 to 90 percent of my money has all gone on food. I mean, before coming to the program, I had no car, no assets, no no anything really to speak of, and um, I kept getting evicted from my apartments. I mean, there was if if my apartment rent was $50 a month, I'd either pay it late or struggle to pay it. Um, I, I was living with, and my brother, I rented a, I had a $350 apartment, like studio, you can't even call it apartment, in LA. I couldn't maintain it. I had to move in with my brother for 200 and something, and I still couldn't make, eventually he wound up kicking me out. Like, how long are you gonna, you know, you know, it was, it was temporary help, you know, it wasn't like you just keep hanging out. Um, but I was really demoralized. I'm like, I, I really, like, I started realizing I can't. I can't I can't do anything. Like, I can't even maintain an apartment. So the choice was, you know, compulsively over-exercise freely or get an apartment and, like, pay $800 for, like, a roof over my head when I could use that money to compulsively overeat. So the decision was clear. I decided to live in my car for, like, a year and a half. And um, I did that. It was a Cadillac, though, so I always uh-huh. like to say, you know, look, I may be homeless, but I'm in a Cadillac. Uh, that's gotta count for something, right? Give me a break. But, um, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. And I wouldn't, like, tell anybody I'm homeless, but I didn't think it was a bad plan. You know, I just wouldn't tell you, because you wouldn't understand, because then I have to explain, you know, I mean, what I'm doing, and how I'm going to be saving money, and how this is really a good thing. And, uh, it is funny to look back now. You know, I love being a compulsive overeater in recovery. Because you know, the, what is the? I will not. The promise is I will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. You know, my past has become my richest, richest gold. I mean, uh, just you know, just all the stuff that I went through, my experiences. Had such a great feeling, because I got you know coming into the program, working the steps, I got all my life back. You know what I mean? None of it was a waste of time. I got it all back. Um, as a matter of fact, that's like the richest part, you know. That's that's the rich part of life. I've always wanted the cream of life. I didn't understand that I was like throwing away 90% of like real life for that supposedly cream, you know. I I can't tell you the level of discomfort that's come from trying to seek comfort in my life. It's just it just works the, you know. It's the opposite. So, there I am having panic attacks going to a um, uh, 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 psychologist, or I'm not sure if it was a psychologist. I mean, I was really, like, I was just, my, uh, I was in bad shape. I was in bad shape. Just, I started developing these things where I couldn't, like, be indoors. Like, I had to be close. Like, I started developing phobias that I'd never had. You know, that's how the level of anxiety, how high the level of anxiety was. It was as though somebody, you know that little valve, that, that fight or flight? You know, thing, you know, you get adrenaline, you got to do something real quick, what well, felt like it was on all the time, like even in my sleep, it felt like adrenaline was just running through my body all the time, um, of course, living the double life, you know, living in my car, yet not telling anybody about it, you know, having to rent um, motels when it was my, my weekend with my daughter and telling her the lie that, well, I live too far away and I don't want to drive you and drive you back, so we're just going to stay here. And, um, of course, meanwhile, everybody, like, knows, you know what I mean? And I'm just, like, you know, trying to to keep it on the hush-hush. My employees wanted to, like, fire me. You know, they were, like, they were just figuring out how to get get me out. uh, Because my expectations were so high of them and so high of myself. Just, I was unbearable. And, like, the big book says, you know, I was one of these guys that... I'll either it'll be an a hole to you or I'll be real nice, but either way, I'm just trying to manipulate, you know, the system to get what I want. And, and the big book says people will know it. You know, people will know that ultimately you're just trying to get what you want. They're going to get a little scared and they're going to start, start reacting to that. And that's exactly what happened. Um, estranged from all my family. One of my sisters I was estranged for for 30 years. For 30 years. And I used to, when I was a kid, I used to, um, think, like, I used to hear older older people, like, say that, and be like, well, that's your brother, that's your sister, that's your mom, that's your dad, you know, how can you, like, not talk to them for 30 years, and then, well, I found out, you know, it's just one day at a time, you know, that's how, that's how, over the course of 30 years, I could not talk to my sister, had deep resentments towards her, you know, um, What else? You know, probably the shining light was my relationship with my daughter. I tried to salvage that as best I could. As a matter of fact, I could safely say that's probably the only reason why I was still like, even, thank you, while I was even trying to keep living, you know, um, was for my my daughter. Um, That was the only light. You know, I was walking around like... I couldn't, like, feel real world, like, it had a film over, like, things were great, like, I saw people laughing somehow, I just didn't know how they were laughing, like, having joy, you know, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't break through that, um, I knew people, like, like their careers, but I just, I didn't know how that, how to make that happen, so, um, so I did a geographic, and, um, you know, when I'm ready to listen, you know, some bum can come out of the frickin' skid row and say, you should go to OA. And I go, okay, you know, I should go to OA. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, you know, well, my barber told me about CA how another program, and then I heard OA and I the next day I was in a meeting. You know, I was just ready to listen. I was just be my greatest successes have always come from just giving up and being willing to fail, or th- or from actual failure. You know, I'm either <laughs> I'm either boxed in by my higher power. It's like you don't got no choice. You know, here you know here's a gift. You know, the gift of failure, or um, yeah, or I or I just I just uh, I box myself in. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but fa- failure is like is is the is the door for me. And that I was I had failed enough. So I came in, and um, I tried to do it on my own. Like I said, you know, I heard uh, three meals and nothing between. That I heard this abstinence thing. And um, 30 days later, but I was struggling. I was white-knuckling it. You know, every night I would put my breakfast in the fridge, and I'd, I'd like, spend most of the night going to the fridge and opening it and just looking it and just dreaming about my <laughs> breakfast, you know. and then, But when the breakfast time came, it, it tasted it didn't taste like I expected or imagined it. But I was doing three meals and nothing in between. Um, for me, my experience is that I have alcoholic foods. I'm just like an alcoholic. Alcoholics, they drink. They still continue to consume beverages. They drink ju- orange juice, um, coffee. You know, they just don't drink certain certain liquids. Well, for <coughs> me, I'm an alcoholic when it comes to alcoholic foods. There's certain foods for me. They contain uh, flour and sugar that I cannot. That that create a craving in me. That create the phenomenon of craving and an obsession of the mind. I can't just eat one. And once I start eating them, I'm I'm either, I'm <laughs> I can't stop eating them. And then I can't think about eating them while I'm eating them. You know what I mean? That's how the obsession of the mind works. You know, for me, I will. My mind will drive my drive me to go and get that thing because thinking it's going to satisfy me. So that's just my experience. So I was fortunate. I feel very fortunate. I saw the sponsor. Uh, he was happy at the the day I met him. He had uh, maintained a 341 pound weight loss for four years. So I said, okay, he's happy. He he's he's not only made, reduced a lot of weight, but he's kept it off for four years. You know, that's like a good start. You know, I'm going to ask him to be my sponsor. And I wasn't sure. I was until I was looking at some literature, and he came up to me, you know, he's doing his, you know, his newcomer walk, you know, hey, how you doing? And um, I, he goes, that's a great book. I go, yeah, I can't afford it, though. And I, I walked out of the meeting, and he came after me. He goes, here, man, I, I spotted you the book. You know, and that was like, just that, that's why I'm, I love service, because I never know, you know, somebody bought me a book, he became my sponsor two and a half years later, you know, my life's, like, changed, you know, so it's just, it's just amazing, um, and you know what? He had the whole program He had the experience of the whole program He had ex- he had His sponsor and his sponsor lineage They were compulsive overeaters and, and sober alcoholics And they they did the steps from the big book And the A12 12 and 12 And he, he, he gave me the whole program He said, here's who you're going to call How many outreaches you're going to call Here's how many meetings you're going to go per week um, This is what you're going to eat for, And I'm like, I was dumb I was dumb. Like, you know what I mean? I was, it was great because I was dumb and I didn't know and look, whatever. I'm a Marine. What are you going to ask me to do that I haven't done before? You know? That's where ego kind of worked in my favor. I'm like, you know, g- you know, give me the formula. I thought he had some secret... I always thought that you had some secret combination of food that would improve your metabolism and that was the trip to losing weight. Because I never thought you could just lose weight and not... You could lose weight and not exercise. I thought that, that was always... a. I thought... I didn't understand, you know what, just eat less calories than you need in the day. Like, it's math, and you'll lose weight. I didn't understand that. I always thought it was some other weird combination. So, he gave it to me, I started, he started doing it, and um, didn't know about this higher power. Came in an atheist, you know, I told you before about what I thought about my higher power, about my conception of God, and I didn't believe in him, but what I did, I didn't like. You know, I didn't like, and I, I severely hated him, I could say and um, you know he he gave me the whole plan I started going to meetings I started 30 days later doing step work I remember um, it's funny because I'm doing this whole speaker thing and you know this always this always hurts my ego you know it challenges me but you know what? When I first hit my 30 days, I thought they were going to have a press conference for me. So, you know? I was like, woo! You know, I had seen those NFL guys get, um, get recruited, you know, out of college and the, the, the lights and the table and they've got their, you know, their jersey, their new jersey. And I mean, I, mean, I pictured that. Uh, last year for my, my home group, last year actually had, um, like news, news, uh, paper like, with big headlines, and then they just put my picture on uh, in <laughs> instead of, like, over oh, the person's picture, it was pretty cool, they gave me a microphone, they, oh, I finally got my press conference in LA, <laughs> it was awesome, they're a good group, if you guys are ever in Orange County, the La Habra, um, pizza, pizza box group on Thursday mm-hmm. night, 7 p.m., is, a uh, great, great meeting, and, um... Yeah, he started telling me, you know, working the steps and uh, and uh, being present and don't focus and you're just eating this just for today and uh, but what about tomorrow? And it's like just keep doing this, you know, just keep doing it. What do you got to do right now? You know, where are your feet? You know, where are your feet right now? So I did it and. Um, you know, it sounded exciting, he had me read five pages of the big book, so already early on I started like hearing about a spiritual experience, and about recovery, and about the miracles of the program, and I started getting excited, I was waiting, I was waiting, so two or three months down the line, um, you know, I started losing weight, uh, my work life had improved, I started doing outreach calls to my family. So I'm just doing outreach calls, you know. Never, I I never could call anybody. It was always transactional. If I called you or you called me, it was business, you know. And I had hundreds of contacts. I was involved with a lot of things, but I could never pick up the phone and say, hey, how are you doing? Or, I'm having a hard time. I didn't know how to do that. So I'm doing these outreach calls, sharing, like, my daily activities. So I started calling my family. Hey, how's it going? You know, and they're like, what do you want? What do you want? How much? You know, how much? My brother, God bless him, man, he, uh, he had a wife, three kids, two cars, a mortgage. and Made less money than him, and I—he's—he's uh, he's like the guy like I leaned on financially more than anybody. He'd look at me and go, "Dude, what?" Like he didn't understand, and you know he didn't understand what was going on. I—I I don't blame him. I, today, I—I I mean, I know what happened. I ate it all, but—but but I wouldn't have understood either. Um, how much time do I have? Three minutes. Okay so what is it like now so um I'll just say this really quickly um God is a, high, a relationship with my higher power <laughs> is the greatest thing I'm just going to talk about my higher power for three minutes I think I think uh, I, that's that's good um is the most amazing thing and I came in like, like I told you how I came in and um the first higher power is uh, cuz the big book it says god 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 I'm like Dang, I don't know I can't understand this infinite being but I can understand power greater than myself like a big brother like someone that looks just like me but like knows one more answer when I get into a jam than I do like okay like I could wrap my head around having a big brother conception of a big brother of course ego, had to look just like me and be like, you know, not too far off the mark, you know, not too far off the mark, but just, you know, had one more answer than I did. Um, eventually, and I, I it, one of the uh, relationships that I had, sh- she said, well, you know, your relationship, your higher power is going to evolve, and I'm like, no, well, I don't need any, any more involved, this is good, this is working, I literally, did I realize that it would revolutionize my life, so a couple of months into program, I'm taking a shower. I'm having a good day. And I'm wondering, when is God going to come into my life? You know what I mean? All this stuff's happening in my life, you know, and I'm wondering when He's going to come into my life. So right then, this um, this story that I heard about the two sets of footprints on the on the sand, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, of it, you know, where basically God's like, oh, yeah, that's you and me walking in the sand. I'm walking by, you. you know, next to you, you know, accompanying you through life. And He goes, well, look, you know, in those hard times, you know, there was only one set of footprints. Why did you leave me? And this, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you what the story says, but what I heard, and this whole little narrative is going on in my head because I'm wondering when is he going to come into my life. He goes, well, see right there, that's when I carried your dumb ass. And that's just kind of like the, that's kind of the relationship that me and my higher power have today, you know. And I don't take offense because I know I'm a little slow on the uptake. It takes me a while to get stuff. Even when, even coming to program powerless, the concept of powerlessness took me a while. I still don't know it. But um, I'm like, oh, power- Oh, you mean completely powerless. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant I just say that so that I can get on to the next step. You know, I didn't know if I actually had to mean it. It's funny because that's one thing about life. I never think people are seriously. I think I just do stuff to get a result, I don't actually do stuff for the purpose of doing whatever it is I'm doing. Um. so what else can I say my my relationship with my higher power has definitely grown I've had a couple of um, spiritual experiences in this program and um, you know my whole outlook on life I haven't learned it just how I am to I can't even try to be good that's what I learned I have no power to improve my life or or yeah, improve my life I can't even even trying to be good um, doesn't work for me. The only thing, and I'll wrap up with this, thank you for that, is, um, is by work, all my job is, is just to come in and work the steps, and then everything else gets taken, taken care of for me. When I first read that in the big book, that I'm going to develop a relationship with a higher power that's going to solve my problems for me, I thought, bullshit, I don't know how that works. But, um, lo and behold, it does. Anyways, I'm grateful to, um, thank you for asking me to speak, and, uh, Thank you for letting me be of service.